This is 100% Ska, your weekly all-ska, all-vinyl, pseudo-radio show, with your host, DJ Ryan Bittman. We're bringing you the finest music for your listening, dancing, and working out pleasure. Find your happy place, crank up the volume, and let the beat pick up your feet. Welcome to 100% Ska. I'm your host, as always, DJ Ride Midnight, uh, recording, as always, 
from our secret location deep in the heart of Jersey City, uh, just coming out of our second snowstorm, uh, essentially, of the week. We started with one, or started the weekend, I should say, started the week <laughs> with a snowstorm, and we're finishing it out with another one. Uh, you just heard uh, Spy Kids with Covert Action. Uh, that is a brand new release, or pretty brand new release, uh, from Jump Up Records. And the really interesting thing about this album, uh, and there's a cool little booklet that comes with at least the pressing that I got from them, uh, is the backstory of the band, uh, which is essentially that uh, Spy Kids were a, a ska band out of uh, the San Diego uh, area in the very late, early late 80s, early 90s. I think they were formed in... 89 or 90 and lasted about a year and a half uh, and had recorded at that time a, uh, a demo tape with a couple of their songs and almost 30 years later uh, the band essentially kind of reconvened uh, as a studio project to re-record uh, all of those demos and then a few other songs of theirs and a few covers uh, and that was all recorded right before basically the pandemic hit uh, and then uh, jump up uh, put it on uh, some wax for us to enjoy. So it's a, it's a really interesting album to listen to because uh, obviously it is uh, you know, ska songs that were that were written uh, almost 30 years ago and you can kind of hear it in that style uh, and, and, and writing, uh, but actually then recorded uh, with 30 plus additional years uh, of musicianship. Uh, under uh, the the members of the band, so really really interesting listen uh, there. If you haven't checked it out, uh, I would recommend it. Uh, now on with the rest of the program here, uh, and for this episode tonight, uh, we have a, a great interview coming up uh, with Seattle's own Georgetown Orbits. Uh, I was really excited to speak with the band. Uh, had some really uh, really great insight to a couple topics, uh, and you'll hear that uh, shortly. But I was thinking about how to kind of frame the the rest of the show around the band uh, coming out of Seattle, and I decided let's do a, uh, a focus on all essentially West Coast uh, ska bands. Um, most of these bands you've probably either a heard before on the show um, or or at least heard of. And there goes some police in the background uh, as I record. Uh, the fun of living basically above one of the main thoroughfares. Uh, of Jersey City, there is never uh, a dull moment uh, outside. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, yes, so thought I would I would kind of basically promote uh, and showcase some of the the West Coast ska bands. Most of the stuff we're going to be playing tonight is of the older uh, variety, mostly out of I'd say like late '80s, mid '90s uh, scene. Uh, but that's okay because there's still great music. Uh, and then of course we've got our Georgetown Orbits interview uh, coming up. So. To start us all off here, uh, we're going to go back to a band that doesn't actually have a lot of stuff uh, on record. Basically, just I think one, just one seven-inch which we're going to play tonight, uh, and maybe you think one or two uh, placements on a few various compilations. Uh, that is uh, Ocean Eleven, uh, and the song we're listening to tonight to start off our West Coast ska episode here is Spring in Room, right here on One Hundred Percent Ska. Mm-hmm. 
Bye. 
This is 100% ska, and we are just getting underway on our West Coast uh, ska show here. And uh, let me just tell you what you just heard there. Uh, finishing off that set was The Impalers with Mojo Hanna. Before that, The Donkey Show with Insomnia. Uh, prior to that, the brand new 7-inch release from uh, Western Standard Time. That was uh, Tunnel Vision. And uh, starting off that uh, set there, that was Ocean Eleven with a Spring in Rome. And now let's listen to that uh, interview I've been promising at the start of the show. Uh, I'm going to uh, let the interview uh, do the talking here, and we'll be right back. So tonight I want to welcome to the 100% podcast from the Georgetown Orbits out in Seattle, Washington, Orion, who is the guitarist for the band, and Kale, who's the bassist. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the show tonight. Thanks, Ryan. My pleasure. Happy to be here. For those who are not aware of the Georgetown Orbits yet, can you give me like just a quick kind of elevator pitch as to who you guys are? Uh, we no, are a uh, Seattle ska rock study band. We came together in 2004 with the intention of making original Jamaican-sounding music. That's what we were most influenced by. And we've been going on strong for about 15 years with a rotating lineup of Seattle musicians. We've had a lot of good names come in and out and, and play this kind of music that we love. I had to do a little bit of research to understand that the Georgetown is a neighborhood in Seattle. So obviously I think, you know, I right. presume that's where the, the name comes from. Now, Seattle, of course, I'm going to age myself a little bit here. To me, Seattle will always be the Seattle sound, which is like late 80s, early 90s grunge era. But of course, there are a few ska bands coming out of the scene in Seattle, like yourselves, the Seattleite, Easy Big Fella has been a name yep. out there for, forever. But just in general, like what is the what is the scene like out there? Paint us a little bit of a picture. The ska scene in general in Seattle is very small. Very few bands holding it up. There's us. There's Natalie Wooden. They have ex members of Easy Big Fella, the Seattleites, which is another band on the Ready to Launch label. And there's a few others, but it's but it's fairly small. <laughs> but ho hopefully a small but dedicated fan base uh, out there. Very dedicated. You know, we're yeah, on a first name basis. Dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> They cut. They, you know, it's it's nice to see people at shows when we were having shows. It's a thing of the past. I'll give a plug for our sister city, Portland. Uh, Portland has a pretty fantastic ska scene as well. Portland, Oregon. Uh, we we play a lot yep. with bands from there. Do a lot of kind of cross pollination creatively with them. I've actually never been to Seattle aside from going stopping over at the airport to do a connecting flight. But I have been out to Portland several times, and that is a lovely city. Now you guys have a brand new single out, both obviously a, a digital release as well as a seven-inch release uh, with the A-side being uh, a new original, Stay Strong, and that is backed by a cover of Hang On Sloopy. First, I just want to say, like, you know, I really love, and I think it's the, the message of Stay Strong. I think it's a song that we all pretty much need right about now. Yeah. The, the first time I listened to it, I was just like, this message I need to hear. After this interview, we are going to be listening to Stay Strong to, to give the, the audience a little taste of the Georgetown orbits. So I want to ask you, what was the current situation, uh, essentially the genesis for the, the Stay Strong song itself? No, you know, it's interesting. We wrote Stay Strong, gosh, uh, it's, it's really hard to keep track of of the passage of time these days, but we we definitely had stay strong and uh, hang on, Sloopy in our in our lives.
live set for a good bit of time. I want to say like the, the better part of a year before uh, the pandemic hit. So it, I think it, I think it certainly came from just the general environment uh, in the U.S. and in the world for the last four years, for sure. But it certainly feels like it's relevant as time goes on as well. And and was this, was were these two songs recorded during the pandemic? So within the, within the past year? No, actually, and Orion can correct me on this, but I think it was. I think it was late 2019 or maybe summertime of 2019 when we when we recorded these. Is that right, O? I, I honestly yeah. can't remember how time goes. It was all of 2019, so we were kind of just reacting. The lyrics were kind of just reacting at the environment at the time, but it's it's very poignant now <laughs> as we're finding out. Kind of, I don't want to say generic enough, but it's it's open ended enough that you can really kind of slot in you know your own need. You know, for the for the song, so you listen to it, and just like, okay, yeah, this is this helps me. We'll get through this moment of time or that moment of time, but it's it's open ended enough that it doesn't really lock you into a specific you know moment, which I think is actually great because I think that allows you, you know, the, right. it, it doesn't really make this song about the pandemic. It doesn't really kind of date it. You know, it's gonna it has a little bit more of a universal you know sound to it, which again, you know, clearly you know I listened to it and just kind of like slotted in this moment right here when you know originally when you guys were writing it. We, we had not yet hit our, our pandemic moment. Yeah, um, sure. yeah a lot of, uh, sorry, uh, a lot of reggae songs have that kind of age-old wisdom, you know, and I think that's what Timmy Conroy, who wrote the lyrics to that song, was kind of drawing off of sort of that reggae tradition of trying to spit wisdom, you know. Positivity. Absolutely. Yes. It starts off with just like kind of just a, a few, you know, the opening lines just kind of describing the, that moment, the gray clouds, and all right, is this going to be kind of like a downer kind of song? But then, you know, with hopefully with it with it with the with a name like "Stay Strong," it's going to we're going to turn the tide, and and it and it and it clearly does. Kale, you are while well, you are the bassist for the the band, you are also credited as uh, the the producer not only for these two songs but for most of if not all of the the Georgetown Orbits releases. As the bassist and producer, do you find that you're able to kind of seamlessly move back and forth? between those two roles or do you have to almost kind of divorce yourself from being the bassist and kind of like morph into the producer, you know, as you're going through the, the recording process? Uh, it's definitely the latter. <laughs> uh, I, I've been working with the Orbit since the very first album that they put out, uh, which I want to say was 2006 or seven, Orion, the self-titled album. 2007. 2007. So I, I was the mix engineer for that album. I, I knew the band uh, from the local scene, and they hired me to mix the album. Uh, later on, the original bass player, Toby Krempel, uh, moved on from the band and asked me to take over for him, because at that point I had mixed the first album, and then I had engineered, and I think had some production credit on the second album. So I knew the songs pretty well. Toby left, asked me to join the band, take his spot. So of all of the rotating uh, musicians that have been in and out of the Georgetown Orbit site, I'm I'm proud to say I'm only the second bass player, which is pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, since that first album, I've I've at least engineered and mixed uh, everything the Orbits have done. But in, in terms of moving from one side to the other, from the from the bass player side to turning knobs and pushing faders side, it takes a concerted effort to to mentally move from the playing musician, the artistic side to the technical production side. 
there's a lot of overlap between the two, especially as, as we've moved through the albums we've done over the years, we've been trying to capture that specific sound that a lot of Jamaican music has to it. And it's, we've learned that it's not, it's not one specific, there's, there's no magic settings, I guess, on the console or anything. Every, every song that you listen to produced between, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, up to modern day in Jamaica is, are actually all wildly different sounding. But there's a vibe to it. And we've been trying to find that uh, trying different things, different production techniques, different recording styles over the years. The, the vibe we end up with, I feel like, is unique for us. I feel like if it was a different set of musicians, different production crew, it would be an entirely different thing, even with the same songs, I guess. But it, it's certainly an experience. It, and I would say it, it's difficult sometimes to, again, step from the creative side to the technical side. Uh, you, have to, you have to make a concerted effort to change hats when you're trying to do that. Are you, are you, are you ever in a situation like, you know what, this song needs more bass. Yes, yes, all the bass, all the time. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's usually my, me it's, trying to get him to turn up the bass. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually more trying bass. to make sure I'm, uh, I'm being conscious of the fact that I'm not turning it up too loud just because I am the bass player, and Orion's usually standing behind me going, turn the bass up, turn the bass up. On, on the B side, you have Hang On Sloopy, which actually I really liked your rendition of this song, and I really, what I really like just in general is when a band will, you know, they decide to cover a song and they make it their own. You know, they're not just going to do a carbon copy of the original. They try to filter that through their sound, their voice. You've done a couple other covers just off the top of my head. I know you guys have done Domino, uh, Lee Perry's uh, Jungle Happiness, Son of a Preacher Man. Earlier this year, you guys did a cover of Haitian Fight Song. What is the, the, the kind of like the selection process as to what covers uh, you're going to consider to either learn and play live or even go forward with in the recording process? Yeah, we're a pretty democratic band. I think a lot of times what happens is the players in the band bring in something that they enjoy from their own uh, record collection and they, they have a, a spark and they say, you know, I think it's really cool if we played this song. And we pretty much hear anybody out on their suggestions, which I think I think kind of accounts for the wide palette of <laughs> various covers that we've done. Would you, would you agree with that, Orion? Yeah. A Haitian fight song was pretty unique because we're also a very jazz-influenced band. You know, when you get a lot of horn players together, there's always a jazz influence. So uh, that was sort of a standard that had been floating around the band for a while. As far as the other songs, Hang On Sloopy was actually, uh, we heard that version first, or I heard that version first off a Trojan box set, and our version is closest to that one. You know, there's been like the McCoys cover and and I think Rick Derringer did a cover of the tune, but our but our version is closest to that uh, reggae cover. <laughs> so it's not it's not all us. We kind of stole the bass line, and but we kind of put our own fingerprint on it, if you will. Yeah. What was what was that rhythm we listed to hang that song? Yeah, used on a Whalers tune, I believe. Now you just you actually just mentioned, which kind of actually leads into my next question. You mentioned that you're a very democratic band. So is that kind of does that flow into your compositions as well, or do you have you two or three members that team that seems to take the reign on the writing process? The main songwriters in the band are myself. Kale and Tim Conroy, the singer. There's a few other people that contribute. Is that correct, Kale? Yeah, I'd say that that covers the the bulk of it. There's a lot of arranging that goes on. I mean, somebody can come in with a chord progression and some lyrics or uh, the framework of a arrangement. But I think a lot of the individual contribution, something as simple as, hey, why don't we swap the bridge with 
you know, third chorus or, you know, an extra solo section or something like that um, really improves the songs, just having that uh, that group think aspect to it. That's what the band, I think, is good at, is, is the arranging part of it. That's what makes the sound our own. We're, we're all really good at coming together and compromising and doing all the things we need to do to make a song. And listening to your to your music and and, and from your introduction, clearly you're you're extremely you know influenced by the original Jamaican rocksteady sound, jazz influences, uh, and that is where your your the emphasis is on what you're trying to create. But what would be maybe some of the more surprising influences on either your songwriting styles or just in kind of like your influence of being exposed to music? I, uh, I got a good one for this, though, Ryan. Um, yeah, once I think a I know year what you're going to bring past, up. Yep. <laughs> once, once a year for the past, gosh, I don't know, six or seven years, we kind of happened into becoming the house band for an annual burlesque show big burlesque festival that happens here in Seattle. It's called Moisture Festival. Uh, Liberty's Burlesque is the burlesque portion of it, and it spans a couple weeks. And since we have horns, since we have a lot of players, we're kind of well-positioned to learn a lot of different kinds of music to support the dancers. So the dancers sign up for the festival, they have their, their song that they dance to, that they do their routine to, and then we, as a band, learn it and perform it during the during the performances. And it's just such a, a wide-ranging span. You got your classic, like, burlesque jazz, but then there's, like, electronic music and classic rock, bluegrass and R&B and, and a little bit of everything. And I, I tunes, Latin music. Yep, things that are just made up on the spot. But I always, I always come out of that every year. I mean, it, and it's, it's, it's hard work to learn a lot of music like that. And uh, but I come out of it every year personally with just my creative energy flowing. Um, I, I learn a lot of new things about my instrument, about about song construction that I never would have if I hadn't sat down to learn. I don't know, fill in the blank with whatever random esoteric show tune you wanna, you wanna come up with. But I feel like that's kind of our left field as a, uh, as a throwback ska band. That's kind of something that you don't uh, expect them to be up to very very often. Well, I, that sounds fascinating. Our song uh, New Orleans Ska uh, is, came out of that. Uh, we oh, had yeah, to play right. uh, the New Orleans Bump or a dancer at the, at the Moisture Festival, and we just kind of ska-ified that tune. It's an old Jelly Roll Morton tune, and we just kind of wrote it in our own fashion. I really want to see you guys do this, uh, you know, also, you know, bonus benefit of seeing a burlesque show, but I really want to see a, a live ska band now backing uh, a, a, uh, an evening of burlesque performances. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, t- I'll tell you, you Ryan, come to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, we we have our own little burlesque routine that we've that we do every year as well as part of the show. So I just put that out there as a teaser for, for everybody <laughs> awesome. to awesome. come check it out. The after times cannot come soon enough. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, now you guys have. Um, Throughout the, the duration of all of your releases, you have um, essentially put out, you put out your, your own music through the, the ready to launch uh, record label. Most of that is either in you know, in CD form and or LP. Of course, everything is is digital now. Uh, and then you also released the Seattleites 10 inch. Um, back in 2019. At this yep. point, can you share anything else you guys are working on with the label, whether it might be the next you know, Georgetown release, um, or are you going to be releasing anybody else's music in the near future? Uh, no immediate plans. Uh, the label was started by me just just for the sole process of releasing our music, but then I brought on the Seattleites, and uh, Kale also puts out a lot of great solo music, a lot of good instrumental dub, and I have released one of his albums on label as well. But I'm always on the lookout for up-and-comers Seattle talent that kind of 
goes with that old Jamaican sound. You never know. Like Kale wears the technical and creative hat, I wear the business side hat and the uh, creative hat. So that's a that's a tough one to mitigate as well. You know, and and with the resurgence, you know, over the past what, even now five ten years uh, in vinyl going that direction, um, you're really happy to see you continue to put out you know, physical releases, especially as a, as a DJ. You know, it, it warms my heart to to and I'm, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm holding your record uh, in my hand right now. Um, <laughs> it just it's just such a nice feeling to hold that physical media. Again, I'm kind of aging myself a yeah. little bit, but it's just. Man, there's yeah. a digital release. I mean, and of course, you know, you have to do it. But it's just to me personally, there's there's no comparing. You're just like, how, you know, holding that literal piece of music in your hand. There's sort of a ritual to listening to music on a physical medium. There's like you look at the artwork and you take out the disc and you put it on the player. And there's like a there's like a a routine, a ritual, uh, something very uh, visceral to listening to music on a physical medium. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about the vinyl resurgence. It's awesome. You, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's, it, for me, again, it's, and it's part of the reason why I think I, I became a DJ. Was just, it's just that it's that ritual. It's the, it's, that, it's the holding that record. It's the putting it on. It's the, it's the queuing up that, the, the needle just perfectly. It's setting you know, the highs and the lows and, and the mids just, you know, for that song and just letting it rip. But then holding that cover, you know, reading, all right, who's, you know, who's on the band? Like, who's, who are they thanking? Where was it recorded? Who's all the players? Do I recognize, you know, any names from any other bands? Yeah. yeah. There's, just, there's just really no accounting, you know, for that in, you know, elsewhere. No. I think that's really been lost in the Spotify generation. People just press play on a phone now. And I think a part of the, the draw to what brings people into music kind of got lost with that yeah and and i do use spotify a lot to find new bands and i do think that's you know spotify does have its purpose that way and again if you use it correctly yeah. you know you, you listen to a lot of playlists you look at some of the per- people that are really putting a lot of focus on that cody freedom who is with the hemp steadies he's got a few must listen to you know ska playlists um that he that he's cons- just consistently you know curating so it's really great to hear you know, oh, that, cool. and then, then for me, it's like, okay, I heard this song, I love it, is it on record? Can I own this thing? Do I, you know, I want to have this, I want to be able to play this <laughs> in, my, in my set, so Spotify, I think, is great for that first step, but you've got to follow through. Yeah, I think it's worth it to, to go, to, to release your music on Spotify or any streaming platform because of the reach. Yeah, there's limitations to that as well. But I'm actually curious if, you know, with all of this, you know, quote-unquote downtime, if you've been able to, you know, try anything or learn anything, uh, you know, during this pandemic time that you might not otherwise have, you know, had the exposure or the opportunities to do. Yeah, as a, uh, as kind of a freelance engineer, I've gotten a lot of people's recorded at home projects sent to me for mixing. So I've actually I've, I've stayed pretty busy without there being a live music scene and without being able to get my own band together very frequently. I've been I've been doing a lot of a lot of mixing of people's home recordings, which is which is pretty fun. It's pretty good. I'm sure the home recording industry is booming right now uh, with everybody cooped up and <laughs> unable to play shows. Yeah, and we've got uh, four new tunes together that we've sort of pieced together from recording in people's living rooms and practice spaces, and that's what we've been doing. I mean, we've been recording, I mean, up until recently with, uh, you know, whole new COVID restrictions, but that's what we're trying to do anyway, is piece together a, a new record of songs that we've done sort of during the lockdown. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I, and I, and I, and I think that's, you know, it's just been so you know, heartening to see, you know, all these bands that, given the challenge, 
you know, they, they rise to meet it. So, okay, you know, we've got to record at home. We've got to put all these bands together uh, or all this, all this music together. But then you've, you see all these bands that are coming together that are just virtual bands that are generating music would never have done this, you know, otherwise. You know, multiple bands are, are essentially these, these stay-at-home bands that will probably never play live, but they've written music, they've created music, uh, and, it, and now it's out there. That's, that's yeah, kind of been yeah. my experience working on these, uh, these projects. Uh, that come to me for mixing and some of my own stuff. It's becoming everybody's a little more attuned to how to, you know, share files through the internet. You know, I know I know musicians across the country that when I had when we had access to our own bands in our own towns, you know, that was one thing. But now, if you're at home recording or writing and you think, oh, you know, I got this, I know this guy in Utah who's this killer drummer. I wonder what he could do on this track and. I mean, what else are you going to do these days, right? But then just send it off and see what happens. I think I think one of the positive things that comes out of this pandemic situation in the, in the music world is that it really shows and highlights that when times are tough, creative people like musicians just get even more creative. And there's a lot of expression, I think, that comes out of it and a lot of improvising, adapting, and, and overcoming the whatever the limitations are of the of the current paradigm. And it, I think when, uh, when the restrictions finally lift and we're all going to shows again and people are going into recording studios and making, making albums, I think there's going to be just a surge of incredible stuff that's going to have come out of this time because cause that's the kind of people that, that musicians are. They're, they're super creative and they're survivors, you know? Kale, Orion, thank you very much for uh, for spending some time with me. I, I really love getting some insight into the Georgetown orbit, and I, I really hope in some time in the not too dis- too distant future, I will be front and center dancing along to you in Seattle. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank look you. forward to it, Ryan. Great talking with you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, it's, it's it is it is all my pleasure. And I hope you did really enjoy that interview there uh, with Orion and Kale. And of course, um, if you are interested in getting yourself some uh, Georgetown Orbit music uh, or just want to learn more about the band, you can check them out at georgetownorbits.com. You can check them out on Facebook and Bandcamp and pretty much anywhere else that bands uh, list their music. Um, Of course, if you are listening to this and need some direct links, you can check it out on DJ Ryan Midnight. Com. I'll have links in the, uh, the episode listing uh, for you to get to that, uh, that information. And now, also as kind of promised uh, and hinted at in the interview itself, we're going to listen to some Georgetown Orbits here. We're going to do three in a row from them uh, and then finish it out with a song from their bandmates and uh, city mates, the Seattleites, and uh, start us all off here. This is the Georgetown Orbits with Stay Strong right here on 100% Ska. In my ears In the 
up up with your body and soul Make you wanna fit scrub head your round hole The things we do for love Like when a month after that the blazer shine my gang Dummy gym rapping turn them back on them pal Burn all them bridges and a wicked is tight Smile in your face Like when a woman love a man she knows she can do better Her mind say a way but her body won't let her She come back be more after the man done hit her It's a pity but is it a crime You love someone and you know we're not best Bend backwards if you love our request Compare the two and it's no contest Love Trump happiness I confess
This is 100% Ska, and you just heard Scala Mode by the Seattleites. Uh, and then prior to that, we had three in a row from Georgetown Orbit. Uh, last in the set there was their rendition of Lee Perry's Jungle Happiness. Uh, before that, we had My Baby's OK, uh, one of their earlier releases, I believe. And starting us all off there uh, was their latest single, uh, Stay Strong, uh, available both uh, on a, in digital format and while supplies last, you can get that on a lovely slice of 45 uh, with really nice packaging too. Uh, just doesn't come in a, uh, a, white, a plain white sleeve. Uh, they really did a really nice job uh, on the, uh, the sleeve artwork uh, and the packaging there. So, yeehaw. Um, let's uh, listen to some more music as we finish out our last full set of the evening here, uh, highlighting some of the West Coast ska. Uh, we're going to pick up the uh, tempo here just a little bit uh, as we head back to Los Angeles to hear one of the earliest uh, ska bands coming out of the LA area. This was back in 7980. I believe uh, this was, this is, or this was, and this is uh, The Box Boys with American Masquerade right here on 100% Ska.
100% Ska, you just heard The Untouchables with Mandingo. Before that, we had Let's Go Bowling with Hair Tonic. Uh, I was, I, I still you know, recall the first time I heard that song when I first bought the CD, probably of theirs, oh geez, back in like 95, 96, and just being tickled to death uh, at that. Uh, before that, we had uh, Bucko 9 with Voice in My Head. And starting us all off there, the Box Boys with American Masquerade. And with that, we have basically come to the end of our uh, West Coast Ska episode here with uh, Georgetown Orbits as our featured interview. Uh, Thanks again to Orion and Kale for uh, the opportunity to talk with them. Uh, And always thanks to you uh, for listening to the the podcast. Uh, It means the world to me. Uh, that you're tuning in pretty much every week uh, to hear the uh, the podcast, and uh, if you are new to the uh, to the show, uh, you can check out all of the uh, archive episodes on djryanmidnight.com. Uh, you can subscribe there to make sure that you get all the nice future episodes, uh, and then you can also follow me on uh, Facebook, is where I primarily do all my social stuff uh, because I am old and that's where old people go. Um, so uh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else really to talk about. Um, oh, uh, you'll see the event uh, posted shortly, but uh, on January 20th, uh, I will be doing another uh, live stream uh, DJ dance party uh, with Lonely Adam Records. Uh, that'll be on their Twitch feed. Uh, so look for the invite uh, and information on that. Uh, it should be a really fun, good time. Uh, and with that, we're going to finish the show where we started back in San Diego. This is Unsteady with Tokyo, right here on 100% Ska. Thanks as always for listening. We'll catch you next time.